The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon. What's up, everybody? Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. On a Thursday, talking about what's going on in sports. And a big show for you today. We're going through some of the comments uh, made by Utah State football players and Coach Gary Anderson down in Las Vegas as uh, Mountain West Media Days concluded uh, late yesterday. And so we've got uh, some excerpts from their comments with our good guy, Craig Hislop, who was down in Las Vegas for us. Uh, in addition, we've got uh, a special guest coming in studio with us, an interview with Clay Stahl. He's a basketball player for the Utah State Aggies, battled some injuries. We'll see how he's doing and what the expectations are for this upcoming season for USU men's basketball. Uh, also taking place this weekend, you got the Big Three tournament uh, taking place at Vivint Smart Home Arena, and you have the basketball tournament taking place in the uh, Maverick Center. So, Lots of things to still see and do, even though we're right in the heart of summer. Uh, uh, though now that football media days have have, uh, have happened, we're, we're starting to shift more into the college football mode a little bit. Uh, camp's going to be starting here pretty soon. A little bit? <laughs> a little bit. Next week. Yeah, we are about full go now that Mountain West football media day has come and gone. Uh, Craig Hislop did a great job of getting his audio. We appreciate his help and in going down to Vegas and uh, taking care of that for us. We got a bunch of audio from you, from Coach A, from Tipanalia, from Jordan Love. Obviously, Jordan Love's a Heisman candidate. Uh, far be it from for him to be sent to New York, nonetheless. But, uh, again, Coach A coming back uh, to uh, – I, I don't know if this is correct to say, and, 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 and please um, hush me up if you think I'm wrong, but to restore his legacy, right? I mean, he, he came to USU – did some great, great, great things. Got them on top of the whack. Uh, got them into a couple of bull games as well. Uh, he leaves, goes to goes to Wisconsin. Things don't work out there. Goes to Oregon State. Falls apart into about a thousand pieces. And now he, uh, after being at Utah for a year or two, now he comes back to Utah State. So maybe just trying to get that back, that swag back, as a uh, as a head coach. And I, this is the team to do it. This is the schedule to do it with. And uh, this is the school to do it here. Well. I don't know that things necessarily fell apart for Gary Anderson in Wisconsin. It, it surprised all of us when he left. Uh, things were going okay. It's not like things were bad. He still had a, a decent football program. But, yes, things did fall apart, and it was messy. It was a messy divorce at uh, Oregon State. Um, and uh, he's he's getting back as uh, into the head coaching uh, after being taking a little bit of time off as an assistant at Utah. Uh, and, and Gary... Uh, talked a little bit about how he's changed. You know, what is what's different about Gary Anderson from the last time we saw him sporting a uh, Utah State visor on the sidelines coaching the Aggies? You know, I've learned some lessons. I was far from perfect. Um, I think the way I hire people is uh, uh, number one most important thing for me is to make sure that I hire people that 100% care about kids the way that I expect them to in the way that I expect myself to and um, hire him as a football coach second. Um, that's very important not to ever lose that um, to me. I would say uh, I am a better delegator than I, than I was early in my career for sure uh, as a coach. Um, but I, I also um, understand how to uh, formulate a program and a plan for the for the coaches to be able to succeed and, and the kids to be able to succeed at a high level. Um, but I, you know, the, the core of me hasn't changed or hasn't gotten any better, I don't believe. I still, number one for me is take care of the kids. Number two, put yourself in a position to, you know, grind every day and work extremely hard and, and show your staff that you're willing to do that and show the, the kids around you that you're willing to do that. You know, obviously one of the biggest things that's changed here since he left, you know, we messages thought there about how he has changed, but some of the things that have changed here since he was gone, well, the biggest is that Utah State is in the Mountain West. He never competed in the Mountain West as a head coach for the Utah State Aggies. Now, there are some teams that are similar uh, that uh, were in the whack with Utah State. There are teams he was familiar with. 
either being at Utah State or at Utah. Um, but there, uh, there are some things that are uh, slightly different uh, with uh, Utah State now in the Mountain West. You look at the people that have been added, and there's quality people added in all of our facilities within the weight room and nutrition and so on and so forth. And I think it's that that is a big change. Uh, that's helped with the Mountain West as a whole. The Mountain West is a lot, uh, has, has given a bigger uh, podium, I suppose, for Utah State. And I think Utah State's done a great job of adjusting. It's a good league. Uh, we've studied the film. You know, Air Force is Air Force from old. They're going to be tough. They're hard to play on all those things San Diego State I'm used to. And so all the old whack stuff is kind of the same. Carl State, Wyoming is, you know, the, there's really good coaches here. Um, I think that uh, the league is in a very good very good spot. And there's really no, you know, there's no easy outs on our schedule this year. You don't look at it and say, uh, you know, well, those guys you know, aren't a good football team. Or week in, week out, we're playing good football teams. Yeah. This season is especially much more challenging for Utah State than it was last last year. Uh, but in in addition to the Mountain West, as he kind of alluded to earlier on, there there are there have been other improvements for Utah State. Uh, significant weight room, significant uh, press box, uh, training area, training table, uh, and nutrition. So there's been a lot of changes at Utah State since he left uh, as well, not just in the Mountain West. So. Um, I, I don't know, AJ. Initial thoughts about some of the, the, I guess, change is the big word here in this first little bit about Gary Anderson, how he has changed, how Utah State has changed, how the Mountain West or the landscape of football for uh, who Utah State plays has changed since the last time Gary Anderson was here. Those are two really great questions, but they're also loaded questions, Eric. The great thing about Gary Anderson is that he has been very upfront and forthright about what happened in the past and, and where he is now. I remember back to his this press conference that welcomed him back as the head coach of the Utah State Aggie football team, and I remember telling somebody immediately after the press conference, and I think we even talked about this on our show, that it was a whole different Coach Anderson, wholly different. I mean, just the attitude, the humility of, man, I went to two big-time programs. We struggled there. Uh, I got put through a grinder. Really, he did uh, publicly, and now he's back here. And he, it's there's none of this. Just the way I could tell, there's none of this. Well, this is going to be another step up platform to get me back to a big, big, big Power Five program. He is here because he wants to be here. I don't know how many coaches. I I know Coach Wells was like that. that he wanted to be here as an alumni school, but I think as time went on, he was. You know, he wanted to see bigger waters and test those waters. But for Coach A, he's been to those waters. He's tested it. Um, I'm not going to say he nearly drowned, but it was pretty uh, It was pretty skittish for a little bit. But now he's back. And I just I think his personality says that he wants to be here for the long term. And in regards to the schedule, uh, the WAC and what the WAC was. The WAC was tough. You remember Law Tech? I think they were ranked 14th in the country or something like that. When they yeah, had they faced, were a top 25 team. When they had faced Utah State. This Oddly enough, San Jose was actually a competitive team back then. Times have changed. Uh, <laughs> but the way this conf- excuse me, this conference is, this conference is so much better. I mean, Fresno State is really good. Boise State is Boise State. They've been Boise State for the last 15 years. Uh, and, you know, I, I'd even put San Diego State as a tough road game. Colorado State, Wyoming, these are all really good, tough games uh, with opponents that Utah State's have trouble with in the past. Um, and so it, it'll be a good challenge for Coach Anderson. But again, I would never, ever, ever take a challenge and put it past Coach A. Again, he comes back hungry. He's ready to be here. He wants to be here. He knows the talent he's got on the field, both defensively, offensively, and in special teams. Uh, the guy is geared up and ready to go. And he's got a staff that's going to be able to to fall behind in line like they should. Well, I also found it interesting how he talked about, uh, he wanted to make a point to talk about how he, the process he's going through, how that's evolved with how he hires and selects his assistant coaches. That was a real issue at, at uh, Oregon State, and he threw him under the bus. Uh, I'm not going to pull any punches there. Some of the things that he allowed to be written were really pretty disparaging and not very classy. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so... He, you could tell that there were some things that were going on that weren't great up there at Oregon State. Um, but 
he uh, between him and his assistants, it didn't sound like it was a very good situation. So uh, he's uh, he does sound like he's been a little bit grounded. His his wings have been clipped a little bit, uh, but uh, he wants to get back into it. He and he wants to make sure he's doing it the right way and getting the right people who will be there to support him, support the players, and have that right mindset. So uh, all everything that, to this point is all powder puff and happy rainbows, <laughs> but until we start to see how it works here in the next uh, month and a half, we really get to see what this coaching staff is really going to be all about. Um, but that being said, the, the team itself, uh, he's had a chance to observe this team uh, for the last five, six months. They had, they've had spring ball. They've had some off-season conditioning. They had, the spring camp starts a week from yesterday. Uh, well, media day is going to be a week from yesterday. But uh, Gary Anderson commented on a little bit about what the makeup of this team is so far for the Utah State Aggies. The, the identity of me right now for that football team would be, uh, you know, they're tough, they're resilient. Um, I think they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, and, and those are good things to have. I think that they're youthful without question, and their youth can't get in the way. That's going to be a huge challenge for ourselves when they face adversity, when they get in the middle of things. You know, I always tell them, I say this, and, you know, life and the football game are kind of the same. You know, it's kind of easy to start things, and it's hard to maintain and uh, sustain things, and uh, it's really hard to finish those things as you go through it. And um, you know, football seasons are like that. The off seasons like that. Summers like that. Training camps like that. So, this team uh, will have its challenges. Um, which is an awesome thing. Every team has those challenges. The, the biggest thing for us is going to be as we go through time is um, when it's all said and done and we're in January, it's going to be you know, that offensive line. We didn't go out and recruit a bunch of JC guys. Uh, we, we thought the guys that were in the program were going to develop, and they've worked today, have developed. They've worked hard. Um, they are going to uh, they're going to lead us, and we've got a tremendous quarterback. But if that offensive line comes together in the same, I would say with the wide receivers, uh, those two those two groups can play at a uh, at a high level. We'll be a great team if they play at an average to average level. Then we're going to be an average football team, um, and they're excited about that challenge. And it's nothing they're hiding or running from. You know, it's the whole thing of uh, fear no one and respect everyone. I think Coach A's team represents just that. That's the same mentality they had last year as well. Uh, and and really, this schedule presents a lot of obstacles. In fact, you and I have looked at the schedule at nauseum, Eric. You and I both have, uh, and and I've traced over it, you know, with so many different thoughts. And there's a lot of opponents that kind of make you, oh, there they are. You know, Wake Forest at Wake Forest, LSU, of course, in Death Valley. Uh, that's game four of the season, so you never know how prepped ULC will be with a bye the week before they play us. While we have San Diego State and Colorado State back to back. Um, you've got, you, you know, the, the, the month of November, like, we've already mentioned it, but it's brutal. Fresno yeah. State, BYU, Boise State, all in that mix, along mm-hmm. with Wyoming, who Utah State's had trouble with before. So, uh, but again, with Coach A's mental preparation, he prepares kids so darn well. And with that preparation, along with a great coaching staff that he has, including Justin Anna, um, I, I like their chances here. Yeah, it's, uh, and so far early on, it seems to be a really positive uh, response about how people are uh, responding to him, how the players are kind of getting excited about uh, what's going on and how things may be a little bit different this, this year uh, with him compared to what they had last year. So I, I think that there was a little bit of frustration with how the, the previous coaching staff went out. And so those that are st- still here coming back for the next year are excited about this group of coaches that are here and what it might present to them. So um, even though they went 11-2, and two, interesting to hear Coach Anderson talk about how this team has a bit of a chip on their shoulder. And I think it's about how the previous coaching that, staff kind of left. I, we talked, do you remember the Gage Ferguson conversation we had here live in the studio? <laughs> yes. And uh, we can't repeat conversations off the air. We never will, ever. But I remember we having questions for Gage and Gage answering those questions you and I looked at each other like, oh, now it makes sense. Now we kind of understand what was going on. Uh, and, but you're right. I, I think that the, the whole coaching change and, and, and the attention, not on the football team, but on the coaching change. Everyone was talking about, well, Matt Wells is going to Texas Tech. Who's the new head coach? Oh, we hear Coach A. We hear this. We hear that. No one's talking about a 10-2 and two football team right before the bowl game. 10-2. and two. 
Right, before the bowl game. Before the bowl game. No one was talking about one of the best-scoring offenses in the country, one of the meanest turnover ball-hawking defenses in the country. No one, because they're all talking about Coach Wells' head now and taking whatever staff members he was taking with. And, and that bothered the whole entire football team. And, and not, so not to mention did they lose the chance on hosting a Mountain West Conference championship versus Fresno on December 1st. And then turns into a whole entire media spectacle, which doesn't feature the football team. And you're right. There was some bitterness to that. And uh, I think it's still kind of there with some of the guys coming back. Right. I think that there's this mentality that they want to prove that, that uh, you know, we're, we're worthy of, of having quality coaches. Yeah. Well, give, and, give us respect and give us their, their and time. And I think with all due respect to the coaches, I also think that there's the, look, whether it's Matt Wells or it's Frank Male or if it's Elmo, we're going to go beat North Texas by 60 points. I think that team went in there with an absolute vendetta yeah. against the whole entire country, against the whole entire media who was saying, well, you know what? It's, that it's was a, a player-led team. Here's a distraction for you. Now yeah. can you handle You just lost to Boise. Now you're going to fall flat in your face. 56-17 to 17 or whatever the crap it was later. What? Exactly, silence. I mean, that's what it was. It was silence from everybody, and you and I were kind of like, "Yep, told you." So, uh, so we talked about uh, what Gary thinks about this team and kind of getting a sense for this team's identity. I think that's still to be determined because not everybody's there. Uh, that will start to change over these next few weeks, um, and with this this coaching staff becoming more familiar with who they have available, what they want to do, what they want to execute. But one thing is for sure is that Utah State has a great quarterback under center coming back. That's Jordan Love. And uh, Gary Anderson gives his thoughts uh, about the uh, returning uh, quarterback who set several different records for USU last year, the type of campaign he might have his junior year. Everything that uh, he has, everything he's getting, um, the Manning Passing Academy, you know, the, the – the Heisman hype around him and all the things, it's, it's all well-deserved, and he handles it so very, very well. Uh, he, is a, he is a college football professional, and we'll continue to help him grow and develop down those lines. I think he's got the right guy coaching him to help him and allow him to take the next steps and, um, you know, and, and where we're going with Coach Sanford. Um, and, and he will challenge those offensive linemen in his own way. He'll challenge those groups of receivers in his own way to make sure that uh, he's getting them uh, to be their best. So let me ask you, I'm, <laughs> I, when I hear those comments, I think about Coach Craig Smith and the way he talks about Sam Merrill. Like there's this, I mean, huge, huge competitiveness side to them that you don't see. I mean, like they're so cool, so calm, so collective, but they're the guy you want when it's all on the line. So I'm going to put you on the spot. I mean, Clay Stahl is going to be joining us here in studio uh, in, in, in moments, but if you had a game on the line and it's a championship, do you take Sam Merrill with 10 seconds left in the game for the game-winning shot or Jordan Love with a minute and a half left to go, you know, however many yards to score a touchdown to win it? Oh, that's so hard because there's so many other <laughs> things that factor in for football. Um, like what? Well, it just you rely on so many other guys around you. I mean, obviously, a basketball player, you have to rely on the guys around you too, but it's less I mean, than okay, half. True. Okay, that's a great point. That Okay, that's a good point. But, but I, I, to I, lead you down the field. I think it's a great debate to have because I think both, they're, they're, they're gamers. Uh, they uh, play well under pressure. Though, I'll, I'd probably have to go more with Sam, though. Just uh, I think that he's done that in those scenarios uh, or been in those types of situations, perhaps a little bit more. Jordan Love was playing from ahead most of the year, like sure. from way ahead, and so there weren't as many pressure-packed situations for him. Good point. So I don't think that there's I a body, we'll get a good, a, taste good enough body of evidence. Yeah, yeah. But I think we'll get a really, really good taste of that this year yes. with the schedule they got. I think you're going to see some really one of those, you know, swallow it, gulp, here go situations. Need a touchdown with. You know, a minute and a half. I still think of the Colorado State game when they were down and he had to go, what, 60-something yards? And I think he did it in three plays. <laughs> it was just so Jordan Love of him. Yeah, and, that, and you're right, but Sam Merrill's been there, done anywhere. that. He's put up 38 on some yeah. great defenses when it's mattered most. And 
We are so – I hope Aggie fans understand. I know we're a little bit off subject, but I hope Aggie fans understand how lucky we are right now. I mean, you've been begging. We've been all begging to have football and basketball on the same page in regards of success in the same year. And we're getting it. And not yeah. only that, but we have a chance to go back-to-back years of it. Yeah, it would always be one would be better than the other. Yep. It was very, very rare to yep. have both of it was them a hitting on all cylinders at the same time. And and I think and then when you look at that again, you look at the athlete. Jordan Love is one of the top quarterbacks in the country. He's on several watch lists. Sam Merrill, same thing. And he's going to be all year long. The hype's going to be about Sam Merrill all year long. He's the defending Mountain West Player of the Year. It's not going to change this year from um, from everything I, I see on paper. Uh, I just hope Aggie fans understand how doggone lucky we are right now with uh, USU Athletics, especially with these two guys at the helm. Uh, we get a chance to hear from Jordan Love himself coming up here in just a minute. Uh, Tipa Nalii was down there at Las Vegas Media Days. Well, at the Media Days in Las Vegas, I should say, just to clarify. Uh, those were going on on Tuesday and on Wednesday. It was the Mountain Division. It was their day on Wednesday. The Mountain West also... Uh, announced some bowl tie-ins, at least some additional details about some bowls that we had heard were rumored. Uh, so that's become uh, clarified and official. Uh, we also have our pick six coming up and also a conversation with Clay Stahl. We're, he'll be our celebrity picker on our pick six. Uh, we'll throw some... He has no idea what we're talking no, he about, does by no the way. Idea. We're going to throw some weird stuff at him, and we'll see how, how he rolls with it. <laughs> if he loses, though, we're not going to make him bring a treat. That's up to us, so... But that's all ahead coming up on the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Do you think Clay could block Tipa Nalier? Uh, yeah. I, I kind of actually could. do. He's got size on him. Now, but my question is, could Tipa block a shot of Clay Stalls? Oh, wait, you're talking about shots? Well, no, no, or okay, like so, okay. blocking so, like no, okay. on so, the no, no, line no, no, of first, first, Sorry, so on the football field, could Tipa hold a block? I don't mean, excuse me, could Clay hold a block against Tipa on the football field? But on the other, on the basketball court, could Tipa block a shot from Clay Stall ah. or shut him down? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe we'll have to try to arrange that. We somehow. might have to set that up. <laughs> Live full court press show at the Spectrum. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, a conversation with Clay Stahl coming up in just a few moments here on the Full Court Press uh, Center for Utah State. Um, yeah, excited to see. He's had some injuries. <clears throat> excited to see how he's doing, how the sense the team is, how things are going here in the offseason for Utah State basketball after an outstanding season for them. But uh, just some additional quick thoughts from Utah State football. They had the media day uh, yesterday for the Mountain West. Uh, the, it was the Mountain Division's turn yesterday. Uh, Jordan Love, Tipa Nalia, they represented the Utah State down there. And uh, Jordan Love and Tipa had a chance, uh, well, Craig had a chance to catch up with Jordan uh, and Tipa. And, and Ajay, what, what, you listened to more of that audio. What stood out to you when you were listening to their their conversations with Craig. Uh, that there, there's a couple of things. I don't. I mean, we only have a couple minutes, but I his thoughts on 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 leaving TCU. He said there was an incident that had occurred. Pretty much, kind of escorted him out after that incident. So he had left. Uh, the one thing actually I liked is is what he had worked on in the off season. And I mean, you think about this athletic big guy who's strong and can do so many things. I remember his pick against BYU going for a touchdown. So what he's done in the offseason and what he's practiced on the most was really interesting. Um, I really just tried to work on improving my strength. I felt like I needed to work on my speed as well, but I wanted to emphasize more on my, my strength and also deep snapping, you know, long snapping. I, I was working on that a lot and really just trying to get my feet right and you know, get ready for this season. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a lot to uh, to take in this, this offseason, but... It was a good offseason, ready for everybody. I mean, everybody's ready for, for this season, I feel like. Did he say he's working on long snapping? Yeah, being a deep snapper? How about that? You know, we, one of the things about Gary Anderson is that he has a track record of taking guys and getting them to develop additional skills. Oh, it's anything goes. Which makes them more interesting for the NFL and it makes them more versatile for what he needs because sometimes you'll line them up 
And teams think this is going to be your long snapper, but maybe he does something very different than what you suspect. Yeah. Uh, Deep at long snapper could be quite interesting. That's something that you and I are going to have to watch out come fall camp. Uh, by the way, can we really quickly play the cut of him on Jordan Love? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Craig asked him, hey, so you know, Jordan Love's here. What's your thoughts on Jordan Love? He wears a do-rag at night before he goes to sleep. So, and, you know, he takes off his wig and puts it back on every day. So <laughs> I noticed that about him. <laughs> But Jay Love is cool. I, I like him. You know, he's a good travel partner. You know, this, he's not very high maintenance, so that's what I like. But yeah, he he has puts on and takes off a wig every day. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Craig is doing his best not to start. Yeah, I know, poor guy. Uh, that's pretty good. On the other side, Jordan Love uh, is is again one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, he had the experience of going to the Manning Academy camp and participating in that. And Craig asked him about his experience of what he learned and what the experience was like. Start with your experience at the Manning camp. How'd that go? Yeah, that was a great experience. I mean, uh, just being out there, you know, with Peyton and Eli and uh, all these other great quarterbacks is, um, around the nation. Um, just learning from them and getting better with them and having fun and uh, also teaching the kids and stuff like that. I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience right there. Did you have a lot of interaction with the Mannings? Yeah, so uh, I, I talked to them one-on-one. Uh, I mean, they're great, great dudes right there, I mean. Just class act. Um, then we got to like all the quarterbacks got to have a little Q and A with them. Just ask them a bunch of questions about how they train, how they watch film, um, different things like that. So we learned a lot from them. Well, is there anything in a technique way that you learned that hadn't been part of your game before uh, from from that event? Technique as in like throwing? Me sure. Um, I say the. Well, I don't know about technique throwing and stuff like that. Um, I mean, obviously, I learned a lot of stuff from all the QB coaches out there, but I think the biggest thing um, was just being able to learn how they watch film, Peyton Eli, how they watch film, um, and just add that into my game and add that into watching film and also how they throw in the offseason. I learned some things, how they just go out there and rep a certain route every day, just rep that route over and over until they get it down. So I thought that was pretty neat. Man, it's all about muscle memory. Can you imagine learning how to watch film from Peyton Manning, who did it better than probably any other anybody else not named Tom Brady? Yeah, no kidding. And then how to grow what a really huge forehead. I, I hate the Mannings. I Foreheads. hate Peyton. Foreheads I, aside. I hate Eli. A great I can't opportunity. Stand either of them. If I was invited to their camp, I would I would decline in a really mean way and say I'd rather go watch Tom Brady and learn how to win six rings. Then get lucky with come two on. Of them. The Mannings have won rings. They've got okay. Eli's you know got no. a couple. Throwing a ball to a Peyton's guy got up for one. grabs and him pinning it to his helmet is not you winning a ring. It's the yeah. gods actually feeling bad for you and getting uh, you a ring. You, you got to do more than just that. We're not talking about it. Move on. It's just because it happened. I said move on. Against Tom. Uh, but no, no, great experience, great opportunity for him. <laughs> And uh, I hate you. Kind of like what we were talking about the other night with Donovan Mitchell, yeah. how he gets this opportunity to go with these other elite guys of the NBA. And working with Mel the last couple of days. Uh, to look, see how other great athletes, how they approach the game, whether it's in nutrition or sleep or film study, whatever. And so this is a great, this is really a cool opportunity for Jordan Love to be able to be in that mix and to kind of pick the brain of some of the best in the uh, NFL and some of the great quarterbacks. Yeah, and there was a heck of a star-studded list of quarterbacks at that camp. It wasn't just yeah, mediocre true. stuff. It was some of the best, including Trevor Lawrence and Clemson over there hanging names. out. Yep, and I, I love what Jordan Love said coming out of it. I felt like I was just one of those other guys. Yeah. yeah so he, he didn't feel overwhelmed by the, any of them inadequate, at all. Right, like I didn't belong. No, he, was, he, he needed to be there. He He's absolutely deserved player. to be there. I like that guy. All right, coming up next, let's switch some uh, from football. Let's talk some basketball, shall we? Sure. Trey Stahl in the house. We'll talk a little bit about Utah State Aggies and uh, maybe his thoughts about some other basketball things that are going on this weekend. At least it's part of my pick six. So oh, we'll have him weigh in on that that's lame. as well. Coming up next on the Full Court You're Press. You're so lazy. Days are longer, the kids are home from school, and the sun is out. Time for barbecues, road trips, and relaxing. 
Nothing can make your summer more enjoyable than the local businesses in your town. Gardening, air conditioning, car service, food, entertainment. Whether you're golfing, sailing, hanging out by the pool, or running under the sprinkler, there are local businesses that are close by to help with your lawn, landscaping, renovation projects, or just feeding the hungry hordes that always seem to show up at your house. And every purchase you make helps money stay in the community and cycles seven times, making this season more enjoyable for your friends and neighbors. The Cache Valley Media Group encourages everyone to support our local businesses. Did you know that our local businesses donate twice as much as out-of-town businesses to local nonprofits? They generate more tax revenue per sales dollar to pay for roads, sewer, and safety services. Put your money where your heart is and shop Cache Valley. Learn more at cachevalleymediagroup.com. Hey everyone, this is Jace Hill at Truck Ranch in Logan. For the past year, we have been building the model of better service, better prices, better trucks. But what does it mean to have better service? For us, it's making sure that we go above and beyond to ensure that your truck buying experience is better than anywhere else. Our knowledgeable, friendly staff is ready to give you better service than you will find anywhere. And not just when you are purchasing a truck from us, but also after the sale. Because at Truck Ranch, we don't want to earn your business just once, but for many years to come. So come see us today at 615 North Main Street or find us online at truckranch.com. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Streaming online, 1069thefan.com. And we've got podcasts of our past shows. iTunes! And Spotify. Spotify. Get that music out of my ear. What in the good gosh? I don't know, this guy's jamming on the piano. Is that Lionel Richie? That's Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, Steve Wonder. I love that guy. Not Stevie Wonder. Is he the blind guy that could play the piano? That was him, right? Stevie Wonder is blind, and he can play the piano, yes. But that's that? not who we were just listening to. Oh. Oh. Hey, uh, live here in studio, Clay Stahl. Now, I'm, Clay, i got to ask you. So. Clay Stahl is not blind. But does he play the piano? You oh, i got to turn his mic, mic on. <laughs> you are so irresponsible. I just can't do it right the first time, can you? We'll try it again. <laughs> is, it, is it on now? Yeah, yeah, you're good. <laughs> you know, I can't play the piano. The only thing I do well is basketball, if we're being honest. Okay, <laughs> so here, Fair well, speaking of things doing well, I go to Kyle Codd and I say, hey, Kyle, I want to get Clay live in studio on our show, I, and I need to run it through Kyle, go through the appropriate channels, and Kyle just starts laughing. That's all, he just starts laughing for like six, seven seconds, and I said, what's the matter? And he goes, oh, Clay's great on radio. You'll love Clay. He's good. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll check with Coach Smith first, though. And I'm like, okay, cool. All right. So, like, are you – I mean, because a lot of basketball players are like, dude, I don't want to do the whole radio thing. Namish Cat is one of those guys. He's just – you know what? I'd rather not have to do the radio thing. He's going to have to get used to it. I mean, obviously, one of the best guys in the country. But, I mean, are you – you're really that comfortable with the whole radio? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily comfortable, but, I mean, I don't mind talking to people. I don't mind having a conversation with people, and it's ultimately – all the same, I, re- I really think so. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's really much to it. It's just I enjoy That's talking. what I say. I enjoy talking to you. Amen That's to about. that. That's good. I know. See? That, maybe we should have him promote. Yeah, we're not scary. Yeah, we're not terrifying people. Uh, Clay, welcome. Uh, great to have you. Uh, congrats on a wonderful season last year. I mean, you know what? You, didn't, you weren't on the court, but I, I know Coach Smith had talked, and actually Coach Peterson had talked about the veteran leadership. Of, uh, of you guys, you know, for someone new like Nami Ishketa and some of the younger guys and how you were able to, you know, help keep them calm when things maybe weren't going right during the middle of a game or a tough loss, that that leadership from you guys was so great. So congratulations on a great season last year. Obviously a tough ending with the Washington loss. What's one thing that you are taking in as we get ready for the 2019-2020 men's basketball season? Uh, like I told you guys earlier, I mean, I just think this team is as hungry as ever. I honestly do think that, um, you know, this is probably the closest group of, I mean, young men I think I've ever been a part of. I don't think there's any clicks. There's there's no egos. Uh, you know, the young guys listen to the old guys. The The young guys will, you know, teach the – the old pups or the old uh, dogs, some new tricks, <laughs> I might say, because, you know, we're, we're getting up there. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think, like, we're motivated. 
uh, we're hungry, but at the same time, though, we know that we have a target on our back. You know, we're we're not the underdog anymore, and you know we're gonna have to wait uh, a couple months uh, until you know all the predictions and everything come out. But I mean, you'd be I, I want to say arrogant maybe, but we see you know all the the two early top twenty fives and the you know the two early predictions and the the ceilings and the floors. We see all that. And I and I don't think that it's going to get to our head, but I do think that we all of us, all fifteen of us, know that that target is on our back, and it's it's a big target. Has Coach talked to you guys about that? I mean, the whole like way too early top twenty five, and you're ranked in the top twenty at times. Uh, I, he hasn't really touched on it much, but I I mean, knowing Coach Smith, I think he embraces it. I think he loves really? it. really because I mean, last year nobody nobody gave us a fighting chance, and I'm in. in Anything really? If we were always an underdog, and I think uh, Coach Smith kind of took that and just started building on it. I mean, I honestly do because we mean all of us in this room has talked to him. We all know he embraces just everything that everybody has said about him. Just the passion, you know, the heart, the enthusiasm. I honestly do think that he. I think if it's going to come out and it's going to be out there, then why not embrace it? Why not to use that as fuel and prove people why settle for top twenty? Why not top ten? So Clay, uh, you've you've battled through some injuries uh, with your time at Utah State. So I think the, the big question for me is, how do you feel? Uh, I feel pretty great, actually. Uh, you know, just I have a pretty long way, I would say, to get back into great, decent, or I'm sorry, great playing shape. Excuse me, but just I'm just working at it. I think that's the, honestly the biggest thing is you know the time. My time here is is I wouldn't say coming to an end, but I mean, you don't have forever. I mean, and maybe you do with Quinn. We've seen Quinn, Quinn Taylor was here for like 15 years. But, but yeah, yeah I Quinn. Mean, but I just honestly, and I had this conversation with Abel and Sam, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, I just told them, I was like, I mean, my my mentality totally changed. It was just, there's no time to, you know, second guess yourself. I mean, I wrote this this uh, on a piece of paper, I want to say in March. And... Uh, <laughs> I, the last thing that I said was, uh, you know, don't only prove to yourself, prove to everybody else that you, you're capable of doing this. And then I write, a, I have a bracelet that I wear that says, D- uh, "Doubt fuels me," and I just look at it every day because I've been I've been doubted since I've since I've been here. So you just gotta use that doubt as fuel and just keep working. But I feel really great. I would say um, <clears throat> I'm not. I would say I lost a step uh, in my athleticism, but you know. The game around me has slowed down a ton. I mean, it's it's completely different. I've been here. I, I see what works, what doesn't work. So it's kind of good to see where I will have success and what I need to work on and just kind of just try to boost my strengths. Team has uh, changed a lot. seems like anymore today, I mean, it's almost uh, half your team changes over every year anyway <laughs> with not just graduation but transfers or uh, other reasons. But – uh, the the team makeup. There are some new faces. There are some other guys that are coming back, like yourself. Uh, you guys have a chance to get together in the off season. Sometimes just on your own. Uh, sometimes you're doing workouts. Uh, you talked about the the camaraderie of the team, but uh, what's the like? Uh, I guess skill level as you see this team getting ready for this upcoming season. Uh, we definitely have some things to iron out, and uh, I mean, I told you off air. I'll just say it again. The where we were. Last year at this time and where we were are where we are now, it's we're miles and miles apart. I mean, we are the, the returners, you know, kind of took it upon themselves and you know just just taking control, like um, setting the tone, practice, whether it's practice, workouts, weights, conditioning, everything. Because I mean, they're young. They're we have a kid on our team who's 17 years old. Oh and, my gosh! Yeah, he he turns. I don't think he turns 18 till for a couple more months. So. Uh, I mean, we are, I would say, you know, our offense at times in practice is a little bit stagnant, but I mean, that's, it's expected, but as soon as things start, start clicking, it's, it's pretty scary. I mean, we, we have, we'll have depth, we'll have size. I mean, we'll probably be one of the tallest teams in the country. I mean, we have four dudes who are over seven foot. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, you guys definitely have size. Yeah. Hey, one of those guys who has size, uh, Namiyash Keta. Obviously, he had a scary injury in Portugal. Did you find out like all of us via Twitter, or were you watching the game, or how did you find out? Yeah, we were we were watching the game, and 
we were, you know, supporting him through the whole U20, whatever. We were watching the locker room, and then that, that day we were just watching it at our house. And, I mean, me personally, just kind of seeing how he went down and just being being up front and center with that type of injury, I just I just kind of knew that, like, it could it could potentially be bad, but we've heard pretty good news. So, and like I said, I mean, good news is good news, so we'll just kind of yeah. have to wait and see. We were still waiting on it then. And he's he's still over there, right? He's not back here in the... Yeah, yeah, he's, he's just enjoying his summer in Portugal. Now. Okay. Uh, I want to ask you about another uh, key returner, and that's Sam Merrill, for, or a defending Mountain West Conference Player of the Year. What When you watch him in practice, because you get his... We see him on the court during a game, during 40 minutes of basketball. You see him for an hour and a half during practice, walk through pregame and in the game. What makes him, to you, a special basketball player? Uh... Sammy Superstar, that's what I call him, even though he hates it. But Wait, what do you call him? Sammy Superstar. <laughs> Sammy Superstar. I like it. Don't yeah. you dare, Eric. We're <laughs> not there yet. But, it's uh, not I mine, mean, it's Clay's. <laughs> uh, just kind of knowing Sam and being around Sam, I mean, we were roommates for two years before he got married, so he just, he, he knows when to, you know, he knows when to, to kid around and, you know, joke around and, you know, take things lightly, but as soon as that, that you know, he snaps into that mode, it's, it's killer mentality. I mean, in He's gonna hate me for saying killer mentality because we were just talking about it the other day. But he really knows like when it's time to get serious, it's time to get serious, and he does not like losing. Whether it's whether it's a drill in practice or whether it's you know uh, we're scrimmaging in practice and it's like the first to three, or whether it's a forty minute game, he cannot stand to lose. And I think that that attitude was a little bit contagious, trickling down to last year. It was just you know gutted out and. Just find a way to win because we don't like losing either. Do you have any stories of him in practice where he like nearly lost his mind because he's so competitive? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say anything out of the ordinary. I mean, he'll, he'll get frustrated with himself more than anything because he takes it upon himself. If he's not making shots in practice, like he'll, he'll, he'll take the blame for it. Like, oh, that's my fault. Like, I, I, hit, I didn't hit six out of the ten threes instead of all But well, he doesn't like punny balls into like the 15th No, 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 no. He's, he's pretty level-headed, and I think that's what makes him – Different than a lot of the you know other top tier guys like even in our league he's he's level headed you'll never see him get frustrated he never is he's never sped up in anything that he does hmm. so I think that's kind of how he operates and he he takes pride in in doing that. Looking at we touched on like uh, how you're doing we talked a little bit about uh, Namish but what about some of the other big guys uh, you talked about this is going to be a really big roster. Uh, what have you observed from some of the other guys? One that we know, we haven't really seen him on the court for much, that's Roche, because he's had some injury he's coming back from too, but uh, what have you observed uh, from some of the other guys that will be down there in the post? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we can start with Roche. I mean, Roche is, I mean, lightly put, he's just he's a dog. I mean, he's he's 6'5". He, I mean, he's just a big body. He'll he'll bang with you down low. Is uh, he only 6'5"? Yeah, he's only 6'5", so don't let him tell you otherwise. <laughs> His hands are monsters. Yeah, he's, he's one of those dudes that just looks like he's bigger than <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Yeah, he's he's big. And then we have uh, Kuba. Uh, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his last name. I still <laughs> oh, come on. But uh, Kuba, he's he's a Juco transfer. Uh, he's 7'2", 7'3". Uh, he's long. He's athletic. Uh, and then... Uh, Trevin Dorius. Are you guys familiar with that name, Trevin Dorius? No. He came. He was here my first year, and then he went on his mission, and he came back. And he, you know how people usually come back on their missions. Well, sure. he he came back even more of an athlete than he than when he left. Wow. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So I mean, he's a solid it's a rarity. Yeah, seven foot. Uh, he. I mean, he's working every day too. He, he he's gonna be a walk on this year, and I mean, we're the school to be a walk on on, I guess. Because, I mean, both of our walk-ons last year got scholarships, so you never know. Sure. But, I mean, I would say in our in our post-workouts, um, it, it kind of started off a little bit slow in the beginning, and, I, and I'll take responsibility for that because, you know, I just needed to find my leadership role, find my voice, and being able to lead the new guys because they've never done any of the stuff that we've done. So the past couple of weeks, I think we've we've made leaps and bounds of improvement. I mean, we – we just keep getting better. We just we come in, we work, we kind of Coach PD puts in this in good positions to improve our skill set, and that translates to when we play five on five in practice. And it's getting to that point where, like uh, Trevor will guard me on the post, and I sometimes will not be able to score on him. 
because he just he makes all the right decisions, all the right reads. So I think the biggest thing for, you know, <laughs> the trees, I guess, <laughs> is that we you know we're just keep we're just continuing to improve, and that's really all that matters. Big man Clay Stahl for the Utah State Aggie men's basketball team joining us live in the studio on the full court press. Uh, we gotta get to our pick six here in just a moment. I gotta ask you though, what's the best never heard before Craig Smith story you can give us? <sighs> do we need to go through break and then we can come back and you can get back to that one, or do you gotta filter? No, it? I think actually I think I have one right off the top of my head. Go so ahead. so we're uh, this is after we uh, I think it was his first game here. And we had scored like 98 points or whatever. And he comes in, and we have the music blasting. And he's like, he's like, he, he's acting like he's all upset. Like, what's this song? And then we turn it up a little bit louder, and he starts feeling it. And then that's where the picture in the Herald Journal is from, is on the front page when we're all, like, we're all jumping up and down. And he's singing the song. Like, with, he's singing word for word the lyrics. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was it was like Mo Bamba by Sh- by Shaq West or whatever, and he knew the he knew all of <laughs> so that was kind of like, you know, he came in the locker room and he was kind of acting like oh, business is business, but then once you, once you, you know, the fun side came out of him and he was like, okay, well, we can celebrate this for a little bit <laughs> after your first game. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. What a find, right, for Craig Smith. Uh, what a what a coach that he's been. Uh, and his staff has been incredible with, too. Yeah, his enthusiasm, but smarts of the game, and how he's connected to the community. Uh, that's that's been a yeah a real rare find uh, for Utah State. So yeah, he's a character. I mean, we all love him. It's the, the city loves him. I mean, the state loves him. We all. I mean, he comes to practice and he's fired up. He's ready to go. Whether it's you know whether we're stretching or we're you know running through our offense or. We're you know playing live. It's it's the same energy and it's consistent. And I think that also feeds off into us. And we're you know like we're we're ready to run through a brick wall, no matter what the circumstances are. That's awesome. Clay Stahl with us. He's uh, with Utah State men's basketball program. We'll take a quick step aside. When we come back, pick six time. We're gonna get Clay. He, he, we're not gonna put you on the line for any of these, but we want to see how you'd vote on some of these. I things. want a free dirty sock from Clay. <laughs> I want to frame it. <laughs> Put in my collectibles. Okay, we'll discuss how <laughs> that transaction might take place during the break. But uh, Pick 6 is coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Andre Salvador. We're not documenting a loss that was really canceled out by like He's, Saturday morning. You owe me from like no, week, I two don't. weeks ago. He two pitchers didn't even throw that day, so we're you not just even didn't want to pay it. attention to the cornhole championship. And that, yeah, that's going and on by the way, ESPN. I wasn't. Yeah, and the fact that you picked the line for that, you should automatically which, lose. Which, by the way, is electric. <laughs> what <laughs> in the, the world is going on? To say the least. Okay, what's wor- more worthless on ESPN, American League cornhole or spike ball? What is spike ball? Bouncing a ball for trampoline. Spike ball's fun. I've played spike ball. Do you play spike ball? I'm not athletic enough to play spike ball. I don't even... I just saw him bouncing a ball for... I was like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, also, by the way, speaking of athleticism, I heard the, the Tipa question, and there is no, no, no doubt in my mind that he would blow me out of the water in whatever we do. But you, <laughs> but you could score on him, right? I mean... I would, I would, yeah, I would, but I mean, for me to be able to hold a block on the football field, there's no chance, <laughs> absolutely no chance. I saw him today. I actually saw him today in the training room, or not the training room, the weight room, and I just said, you know, what's up, Hollywood? You no, we were just, you know, messing oh, yeah. around, and no, there's no way, absolutely no way, no way. You really don't think so? No. <laughs> there's dudes who have a hundred pounds on me that I can't even hold them. What do you make you think I will be able to? Could he block <laughs> your shot? Probably. No way. Uh-uh. He's, a, he's a freak athlete. Why would he not be able to? <laughs> you're selling yourself short. You're pretty short. tall. Yeah, there's no way he'd be able I, to I block mean, your shot. I mean, granted, I'd be able to screw on him probably consistently, but he'd, he'd probably catch me one or two times. All right, well, speaking of lines, it's our pick six time. You all know the drill. We each pick three lines out of me and Eric. Winner gets a treat if it's actually, you know, happening and there's Look, no lines oh, that can happen. happen. It's actually applicable? It's yes. going to happen. Okay. All it. right. Um, okay, I'll, I'll go first. You go first. Okay. Pick the winners. From this uh, this weekend's games with the the big three tournament in the Vivint Smart Home Arena, I'll give you the teams who are playing each other, and you tell me who's going to win. Oh my gosh! Killer Threes versus Threes Company. 
Okay, that's one of the three. I'll give you each one, but pick a winner between those. Uh, three's company. Okay. What's what's the team with Joe Johnson on it? Because he's coming back. Uh, it's, it's this next one. Ball hogs versus triplets. He's on triplets. Oh, triplets is going to... He's going to have all 50 other points. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming back to Vivint. Yes. I Tri- mean, that was where ISO Joe was was born again. So That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Okay. Shout out to Sam Merrill for putting me on Utah... For, for letting me be on the Utah Jazz bandwagon, <laughs> by the way. All right, RJ, you going with triplets? Yeah, sure. Triplets. Why not? What, the, what are okay. you doing here? Uh, and then... This all counts as just one of my picks, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Bivouac. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Bivouac <laughs> versus Aliens. Oh. Aliens. It's a cool name. <laughs> yeah, I like Monstars in this one. Um, by yeah. the way, uh, if this changes things, let me know. But Bivouac is coached by Reggie Theus. <laughs> really? Hang time. Sexy Reggie back in Utah. <laughs> I'll take Aliens for 500 Okay. Uh, I'm taking Killer Threes, Triplets, and Bivouac. Good for you. All right. Uh, Now, here's my next one. Does a Utah team play Friday in the basketball tournament? Yes. Absolutely. They play tonight, so they have to win to play tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So there's Team Utah, which is mostly Utah and Utah Valley kids. And then there's Utah Stallions, which is mostly Utah State alum. Utah Stallions is going to the championship. Hey, there we go. I like that. Um, I'm also going to say yes. Even though they're kind of seated poorly, I'm going to – I'll say one of those two gets through. Absolutely. Uh, my last one, Cubs at Brewers on Sunday. Cubs by one and a half Always runs. Cubs, isn't it? Uh, under. They're going to lose. I'm going to take the over. Just, I don't know. Do you have a say? It's, it's that time of the year where there's nothing going on but baseball. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to say the Cubs. I think I, I've watched maybe two baseball games in the past 10 years. Nice. All right. Ajay, what have you got? All right. So in the WGC FedEx uh, St. Jude Invitational, uh, we're going to say DeChambeau, who is right now tied for 13th, will be in the top 10, yes or no, by the end of the uh, tournament. Will he be in the top 10? Yes. Uh, no. Yes, is what I'm going to say. No. Oh, all right. Well, I have no clue who that is, but golf is a weird, <laughs> golf is a weird game. Okay. Uh, Yankees Boston on uh, Sunday. Oh, my heck, where did it go? How much time do I got? You only got 20 seconds. Dude, that's all your fault, by the way. No. Okay, Yankees Boston on Sunday. Yankees by three and a half, over or under. I'm going to take the over. Ooh, um, I'm taking uh, over. over. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then final one, Clayton Kershaw will be pitching against the Nationals in Washington. Seven and a half strikeouts. Last time he had ten. Eric, you say what? Small. I'll, I'll take the over. I'm Dan Patrick, Under. and this is Above the Noise. This weekend Clay- marks the 20th anniversary of the day Barry Sanders walked away from football. His announcement came on the eve of the Lions training camp. He was just 30 years of age. These days... The media debates whether running backs are still valuable. It's a passing game, and backs are somewhat interchangeable. Trust me, no one ever said that about Sanders. He was one of a kind. He didn't have a good team around him for most of his career. No back in history could make something out of nothing quite like Sanders. There were so many plays where Barry would run into the pile, and it would look like the play was over, and that he would pop out as if the pile was giving birth to another long run. Even though he played only 10 years, Sanders still sits third on the all-time rushing list, and he likely would have run away with that record had he played a few more years. But no matter when he decided to hang him up, there's no doubt Barry Sanders was an all-time great. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.